Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast, FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, and Gordon is going to bring us a great interview at the top, the conversation you've all wanted. You've wanted to hear from Elliot Kipchoge, but you've also wanted to hear Elliot Kipchoge be peppered with questions by one Gordon Mack and we're about to bring that to people Gordon yeah it was a fun interview uh you know what I'm not even going to talk much about it we'll just get right into it here's our interview with Elliot Kipchoge Elliot first thing um you guys are doing your second edition of the marathon relay where virtually four people around the world can compete in a 10 by 10.5k four by 10.5k relay first question is what made you want to be a part of this event? Oh, what made me to be part of this event is that uh, I need the, 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 the theme of the event is we run as one. And you know, all of us actually, we need to be one in the whole world. All the human beings should be the running community. We need to actually to, 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 to change the old human being's name to be the running community. So I am participating in 10.5 kilometers on 22nd to make sure people run as one, people run uh, live as one, people actually uh, uh, think and share ideas as one, people actually have a peaceful uh, uh, lives as one, as one people in the whole world. So my concern actually to register in this event is to see all of us in the whole world, as many as we can, running as one on that day. Where are you going to run your 10.5K? Do you have a plan of a route or place where you can do your segment? I'm doing in, 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 in near our camp. We have a very good road in, in Kaptakat in our camp. So I'm going to do it uh, 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 in, in, in my camp. You, you, uh, is this like a place where you train all the time, basically? Like a yes. typical route, super flat. Gonna be is it gonna be a quick ten point five or is it gonna be hilly? What's like the terrain like? Uh, it 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 could be really a little bit hilly, but you know it's uh it's not about the fastest time. It's not about uh, uh, the slowest time, but it's about participation. It's about participating and getting out of your door and run that day to show that you are running as one and you are as one as a running community. You mentioned this is a worldwide event. Anyone around the world can run their 10.5K segment. You're in Kenya right now, but if you could run your 10.5K segment anywhere in the world, where would you want to run it? You've, been, you've, you've traveled the world over your career. Where would you want to run your 10.5K segment if you could choose anywhere? I, I, could, I could have run in, in, in Haiti because I need to see how Haiti is and make sure that the, 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 the people of, of Haiti actually become as one and develop as uh, as one, and and see and see how and and kick out those uh, uh, negative things in Haiti and become actually hub and and become actually a human community or a running community. Interesting. Yeah, you. Uh, when we talk about running all over the world, obviously you've you know you've run in various locations. You've run on an F1 track, an airport, major marathons. 
is there a certain area you would want to race soon in, in the rest of your career in the final, you know, five years, 10 years of your career? Oh, uh, I need to run actually in the biggest ship in the whole world. Just the ship is moving and I'm running, I'll be happy. What do you, uh, is there like a, a, a bucket list that you have, like a checklist of like, I've done London, I've done Berlin, I've done the Olympics, I've done record-breaking attempts, but is there another thing on your bucket list that you're kind of eyeing the next few years? Uh, actually, it's, it's that, uh, I'm still, in my bucket list, I need to run all the major marathons. So you, you want to run Boston and, and New York and Chicago? Boston, New York, Tokyo, Chicago. I've already run Chicago, I've already run... Uh, uh, Berlin and London. So New York, Boston, and, and Tokyo are remaining. But I think the three of them are on my, my bucket list. So how will we get to that bucket list with uh, the Olympics this year and all those marathons in the fall in 2021? Uh, first, I will concentrate on Tokyo Olympic Games. And I think I will push, uh, I will just close my bucket list and open on first year of uh, January 2022. And see again where I'll be actually uh, jumping in. Nice, interesting. Uh, speaking of Tokyo, uh, Japan, it's gonna be hot there. The heat. Is there anything you're doing specifically to kind of prepare yourself for the heat in that marathon race? Uh, not, not really. No, no, not actually. It's, uh, it's not, 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 not anything magic. But I'm trying to, I think, to treat myself fully. But you know, the beauty of of Sapporo is that. Uh, all the participants actually will be running in the same humid, in the same environment, breathing the same oxygen, running on the same crown, running on the same tamak, and actually uh, 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 in the same country, that's Japan. So there is no worry to talk, uh, to, to, to worry about uh, it, to, about the temperature and so on. But to, all of us will be, will, will be actually having, everybody will face that challenge. So it's um, it's out of question, but uh, it should be actually at the in front. It's in front of my mind that temperatures will will be really high, but I need to become fit, run very, uh, train very hard, become more fit that, to enable me to run actually in that uh, high temperatures. What do you kind of grab to motivate you now? You obviously, if you want every t most of the times you're on the you step on the road, you 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 win. You break a world record. You you challenge yourself with the sub two. You've won an Olympic title already. So, what do you kind of use to kind of motivate you during these final years of your career? Uh, it's the inspiration around the world. I'm receiving a lot of messages, a lot of calls around the world from actually North America, South America, Europe, Asia, that people actually are getting inspired because of what I am doing, and that's what makes me to wake up very early in the morning and go for it. So the inspiration is, is, is really big. I need to inspire more. I need to make youth uh, and the young people actually uh, to love running. I need to make the families to make running their, 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 their lifestyle. That's what actually makes me to wake up. It's my ignition key is, is inspiration. That's what wakes me every, every, every morning. What's that like just on a human level to, you know, you, you start running as a kid, you're just a random another runner in, in, in your country, and then you get good, but you're not just getting good, you're becoming like kind of transcendent, like 
the name Elliot Kipchoge is kind of like identified with the marathon now the same way like Usain Bolt is identified with the sprint events. What's it like kind of being that representative of the running world? You know, like, did you expect to become this transcendent as a, as a human athlete? Not at all. I did not actually, I did not actually expect to be in this uh, position at the moment. I was just working hard and running to break the barriers to challenge myself every day. But uh, life changes. It has actually come to where I am now. But I still, but my happiness is a positive inspiration that I am actually injecting to the general population. Is it weird at all being like this famous uh, in, in the sport of running compared to your fellow teammates and the people you run against? It's like, well, what you do, it has a lot more eyeballs than what other people do. Actually, it's a, it has more eyebrows, but I'm happy because uh, uh, those eyebrows are, see, are seeing the positive, uh, the posi the positive path of, of what I'm doing. That's my happiness. That's why I'm still pushing and pushing every day. Okay, Gaga, I got uh, a fun question for you. So what's the longest run you've ever done in training that you've had? Like, what's your longest run you've done? Uh, 43 kilometers. 43 kilometers? So yes. some, some marathoners, they like to kind of go even beyond once they're kind of done with the marathon. Have you ever thought about dabbing into like a 50-miler run or a 100-miler run and kind of see what the ultra-marathon running world is like? Absolutely. Yes. I think the time I'll, I'll call off the competitive running. I would love to run 80 kilometers, 60 kilometers, or the, the, the ultra marathon I'll need to participate. I need to go to California and ski an hike for, 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 for six hours. Are you excited for that? If well, you know, once your, your professional career is kind of coming to an end in your, in your later years, are you excited to kind of have the, those new challenges? Absolutely. I'm really excited uh, to approach life in another, in another dimension. I'm really excited to actually to, 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 to go up the mountains, actually hike with, the, with different, actually, uh, uh, life, with different people with different lifestyle. I'm really excited to, to first to, to instill the inspiration to the youth in the whole world, to travel all along the big cities, all, uh, nearly all, every, each country possible to, to, to actually uh, 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 send the positive vibes. So I'm really excited to see how, how I'll be actually performing uh, uh, after 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 calling off uh, this competitive sport you have so many memorable moments in your career to this date you have global titles olympic titles marathon major titles you have the 159 you have the 201 what's the most meaningful accomplishment that you've you've done so far is there a certain win is there a certain time you've run like what to you it's like that's the best thing i've done to date so far it's breaking the two barrier that I can say is, is, is actually my highest moments ever by breaking that to our party and showing the people that uh, 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 anything is possible. That's why I always say no human is limited. And I trust three billion people will actually get this praise of no human is limited and they will be actually doing very well. So breaking the two party actually is still my highest moment. Is there anything that you can kind of compare that moment was to like like is it like some people say oh the birth of my first child is like the greatest moment in my life but like 
what can you kind of say the the experience of doing something that's never been done before was for you? Uh, I, I, I think I, I think I can compare with that person who actually can go up even a, 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 the mountain in in, in where well, you can think a human being can go up. And on the other hand, is that uh, I can compare to those who have actually go to Mount Everest, and I can say it's it's really hard, but people actually are making it. How was a? I never get to ask you this question, but how was the GQ shoot? The GQ shoot when you got the model and all those different outfits. What was that like? It was really great. So <laughs> it was my first time to wear those uh, uh, fancy clothes, and, and, and uh, it was really a good experience. I love it. Did you get to keep any of the outfits, or is uh, absolutely you wear them yes, I had to keep some jackets and, and some few uh, shoes, so it's really great. Sometimes I go around and uh, 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 in, in, look in, fresh. In, absolutely, yes. <laughs> so, what do you what do you uh, what are you kind of focusing on now? Obviously, you have this uh, relay event coming up next weekend, but uh, beyond that, um, what do you kind of do in your training leading up to uh, the Olympics? Uh, I'm focusing fully on my training towards the Olympics. You know, it's, I have only two months of training, and my mind is fully on training, uh, uh, strength training, speed training, uh, uh, and, and I, I don't want to, to mix any other thing. But, you know, uh, Olympic Games is important. I want to actually give all my time actually to training for Olympic Games. Do you think that the, the, the race itself is going to be uh, different. Obviously, we had a a pandemic where a lot of athletes had not as many races under their belt going into an Olympics. You know, a lot more base training. Uh, what do you kind of? How do you see, feel the race is going to play out with kind of be having this two seasons of marathons kind of being canceled going into the the, the Tokyo Games? Oh. I think it will be a really a different race because you know first thing is that they will be will be running without fans. Secondly, is that actually a lot of restrictions are there. People will be will be living in a papo whereby you don't need to get out of the out of the papo, and it's really another life. But we need to actually to accept and move on. This is the only uh, uh, transition uh, way towards our bright futures. Are there any certain competitors that you're eyeing to kind of? work off of to kind of know how they will run their race or are you in a one-track mind this is the way elliot does it and i'm just gonna run my own race i treat myself as the best one so i don't have time to actually google on the trainings of other people uh, see how they are posting their photos on, on training i trust my trainings actually are, are making me more fitter and more sharper so i trust in myself and i believe in myself does the race itself kind of not feel as big of a magnitude because you've you've had breaking two attempts you've had already done the olympic games and you've done most majors like does the pressure or the grandness of the olympic games kind of feel less because of your veteran presence of being in a sport for 10 plus years oh uh, pressure will be will still be there pressure will still be as huge as those races actually as the another olympics or even breaking two reason number one is that uh, over 500 million people are watching at the same time. And you know, to instill people, to inspire people, you need to run well. People are old, 
nearly over 500 million are seeing you that how will you actually uh, tackle the Olympic Games? How actually will you uh, uh, run the, 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 the race? So pressure will be still be there, but all in all is that I will be happy to compete in the Olympic Games. And, 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 and send a positive uh, uh, thoughts uh, to, to, to everybody. Cool. Well, Elliot, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, best of luck at the, in, uh, in Tokyo. And ultimately, enjoy this uh, marathon relay on May 22nd and 23rd. Thank you very much. I wish you well in America. I trust that uh, uh, you are actually handling the pandemic very well. I trust you have got your first vaccine. Yes, we double. I got both. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. So, so uh, how is the situation now? Uh, well, people are getting the vaccine. Uh, it's now available to everyone, regardless of age. So uh, things are going well, I think. I mean, I don't know. We're a big country, right? 300 million people. So it's going to be different everywhere you go, right? So, so, so people are excited to be vaccinated or still, uh, still people are skeptical with the vaccine? I mean, there's always going to be – people are excited. I think because, you know, people are just excited to have a way to get back to normal. You know, that's the, that's the vibe I get. So it's good. Sporting events are getting more peep fans and stuff and like basketball and baseball and all that stuff. So it's, it's going in the right direction, which is good. Yes. And a purple now you have a new president and you can forge ahead in a good way. Yes. Yes. No more exactly. politics for the next four years. Yes. <laughs> I wish you well. <laughs> yes. Same to you. Thank you so much. All right. There we go. That was our interview with Ilya Kipchoge. I got to admit, Gordon, I've watched a million Ilya Kipchoge interviews. I don't think I've ever seen one where he turns it on the interviewer at the end, and especially to you with the U.S. vaccine update. Did you feel a little bit of pressure there? You have the greatest men's marathoner of all time wanting your thoughts on the current pandemic in the United States? I wasn't prepared for, uh, the, I didn't have the numbers offhand, so I wasn't, uh, I didn't, I kind of was caught off guard, but you know, I think I handled it well. When the greatest of all time is asking you about your country's status, you feel like obliged to at least give them some type of information. Uh, and I feel like I did my best, so. But well, it is interesting, I, the, I thought it was- I can see the gears moving in your head. He's like, so do some people want it or not? And you're like, I don't know how I go with this one. <laughs> how much time do you well, have? I just thought it was interesting that that's like something that he's, mm -hmm. that other countries think about like, oh, how's right. it going over there? Cause we're so stuck thinking about, you know, is, are the Sixers gonna have 40% capacity or 10% or whatever? And just thinking about, can I go into a Walgreens or not? Then. Right. Other people, we don't think about how this is happening in Kenya or in Japan mm -hmm. or in Europe. So I thought it's kind of interesting. It opened my eyes. It's like, oh yeah, the pandemic isn't just a U.S. thing; it's a, a worldwide thing. I also will remember this interview as the one where you said he looked fresh in the GQ clothes. That was a good moment. I want to spotlight it on that. He seemed to like that. And also, in the beginning part of the interview, you asked him where does he want to run a marathon because he's already run an F1 track. He's already run in an airport. He's run all across the world. And he said he wants to run on a ship. I think that might be the headline. I don't think I've heard that before. Again, you interview these superstars and they've done a million interviews. So you, you never really get anything new out of them sometimes. But I think the breaking news here, if we have any aggregators out there, is Kipchoge wants to run on a ship. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if though if there was like a a translation issue or because you know, English isn't his first language. So I didn't really want to 
I kind of went on to the next question because I was like, did he mean an actual like cruise ship? Because how do you run a marathon on a cruise ship? It didn't really make much sense. But maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. Maybe you have to re-listen to, re-listen to it over and over again to make sure that's exactly what he meant. But like, what would you do on a ship? How would you do a marathon on a ship? Well, some of those are huge. Like those aircraft carriers are enormous. I mean, it's not, it's still a lot of laps, obviously. But it's not as crazy as those people who do indoor marathons. Yeah. On 200 meter tracks. Uh, no, I think I think we have it right because during the interview, got a text from Lincoln, took a break from working on his backhand and said and he he commented on the ship part as well too. So, it wasn't just me that heard it. Also, Lincoln was very pumped up to learn that you were doing the interview. When we teased it last <laughs> night, he said, he texted me, he said, please say that Gordon is doing this. Please say that Gordon is in charge of this interview. Oh, check this out. Man plans to run a marathon while on a cruise ship. This was 2016. A 0.27 mile track will require 100 laps. Hmm. Maybe he's thinking like, hey, I want to go on a cruise and I need to get some training in. And I, I can say, I, you know, he wants to do a Caribbean vacay. And he said, hey, why not turn it into an event sponsored by NN Running, get everyone to watch it, and uh, you can just run like a 210 marathon and everyone freaks out. Maybe he's trying to take yeah. advantage of his stardom. Do you know what would be cool on a ship? I've always said this. I want to see a dash on a ship, but the mm -hmm. finish line is where the ship ends. So when you cross the finish line, you just basically run into the ocean. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, how high up is it? I don't we don't want people to well, get hurt. You, you yeah. make it so it's, you know, you make it so it's okay to fall into the water. But you know, when you see a sixty, everyone runs into the, like the padded wall, right? Yeah. Instead yeah. of running into a padded wall, you just run into the ocean. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, Hopefully you know, you see, yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool to watch. Just like you, yeah. you as soon as they cross the finish line, they're like they can't slow down and they just have to fall into the water. That'll be like a visually yeah. pretty cool thing. Oh, look at this! All right. <laughs> Paris 2024 holds 100 meter race on the river. Yeah, wouldn't this be cool? I guess are they going to fall into the water in that situation? I don't know they're going to fall in. They might stop ahead of time, but you got to love the the natural backdrop here. That's a pretty cool shot right there. Yeah, I just would think. Imagine the visuals though of Kipchoge. Just say, for example, it's a quarter mile around, right? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of turning, but it's not crazy. The visuals would be cool because you get a drone up there, right? And you're just following yeah. him go around, and and I don't know if the ship would be stationary, if the ship would be moving, it might cause you a little bit of a seasickness out there. But it would be, I I could see him honestly, of all people, I could see him doing something like that in the future, right? Like I don't know, he's got to stay interested. Like he seems like his whole thing is just I want to keep people. I want to inspire people. I want to keep doing new and different things. And if it popped into his head, at least, you know, he's been thinking about it a little bit. It wasn't just something, oh man, Gordon asked me this hard hitting question. How do I respond? I think at a certain level, he's, he's probably thought about it. Maybe he's a big, uh, maybe he likes cruises. Maybe he likes the ocean. Maybe. Maybe he wants to, you know, be able to expense his cruise vacation and turn it into an event. You're like, oh, it's like a, it's a work expense. I'm doing a marathon. All right, yeah. so Nike will pay for it. I don't know. <laughs> Great interview.
Good job, Gordon. I'm proud of you. Well done. I tried. Let's talk about the Ostrava meet that's taking place tomorrow featuring Joshua Cheptegei, another NN running athlete. It's being billed as a world record attempt in the 3K, which would make three world records for Cheptegei after breaking the 5,000 and the 10,000 last year. 720 is the mark to beat. 720 from Daniel Komen, one of uh, one of the older records remaining. Obviously, the 3K isn't run that often, but 720 holds up. It's roughly equivalent to what Sheptegai ran um, for the for the 5,000. If you look at the World Athletics scoring tables, his 10K actually is a little bit above that, a little bit better. But back to back 340s, Gordon. There's a bunch of different ways to explain this, a bunch of different ways to break it down. It's insanely fast. What do you think about his chances? Well, the first thing I think about, if he does pull it off, he will have broken three world records in under a year, right? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Um, maybe that's why he's thinking this. He's like, hey, I could say I was the great. It's the basically the greatest 365 days of all time. Has anyone ever broken three world record world rec track records in one uh, year, not counting the roads? It would be insane. But I like the way the way you visualized it. It's back to back three forties, right? Back to back three forty fifteen hundreds. It sounds crazy, but when I watched him run that twelve thirty five, and he was just clicking off sixties, mm -hmm. just like like a metronome, you have to think that he can just click him off again. I don't know. I just have this – he has such a a metronome – metronome uh, running pace in his mind now because of he's been able to do the 10K because it requires a lot of concentration and a lot of focus of like, all right, I got to get through these 25 laps and the first 20 need to be perfect in order to get to the, the end and – same thing with the 5K. The first eight laps seem to be perfect, so I'm in position to get to the end. And I think in this situation, he's going to be like, all right, I need to make sure my first five laps are perfect so I can get there to the end. And I think he will go out and he'll do 59, 59, 59. He'll do, I think he'll do like four straight 59s to put yeah. himself in position. So go out in a 356. And then see what happens. <laughs> Man, it's just weird when you say it like that. Go out to 356 and then see what happens. If you look at the all-time list, obviously Coleman up there, a cut above everybody else with multiple seconds. But then if you scroll down the all-time list, right, you got some big names like El Garouge, Gebre Selassie, uh, and then you freeze right there. Yep, Ilya Kipchoge there at number 14. But look at number 17. Look who number 17 is. Stuart McSwain of Australia. He is rabbiting this race. So chapter guy is getting the 17th best person in history in the event to serve as his pacemaker. It lets you know that he's not there to screw around. It lets you know that he's not there. This is not a rust buster. I don't even know if Joshua chapter guy has any rust ever to bust. You looked at, even last year, you look at his races leading into the, the world record, the five, he wasn't racing a ton. Now that was because of the pandemic, but it's not even as if he, he tuned up with the, with the 1500 or anything like that. This year, the only thing he's run is is a 337-1500 at altitude. Yeah, this is last year. Look at that. He ran the 
5K world record on August 14th. Prior to that, he had run that 5K on the road in Monaco in February. This year, all he's run is a 337, which it was at altitude, but he's going he's gonna to need to run 340 pace this year. So he can only slow down by, by a couple seconds. I'm not going to count him out just because last year, I think I did a little too much because I just thought, hey, this is audacious. If you run 1235, you can run 720, not outside the realm of possibilities. I think as the distance gets shorter, though, gets a little bit farther out of his wheelhouse, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But they wouldn't have McSwain there if they weren't serious. I think you're right. I think they're going to go out at, at 59 and see what happens. The year Coleman ran 720, his uh, PB before that, his 5K PB was 1245. So, check the guy, clearly faster than 1245. The one thing, though, that Coleman did do, though, is his 3K when he ran 720, it was his 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, eighth 3K. Actually, 1, 2, Three, four, five. It was actually a six three k of the season. Mm-hmm. He ran it in September, so he ran it at the end of a full season. It was an off year. There was no world championships that year. Yeah, he had basically run a bunch of races. He ran it September first, so he had been doing three k's and five k's and fifteen hundreds. So he was definitely. It wasn't like it wasn't a May race the way Sheptikai is going at it. And I did notice. When Cheptekai did break the 5K world record, when we look back at the previous world record, it, it didn't come linear. It came exponential. Like you just have that big pop where that's when you yeah. do it. You know, not everyone just breaks five seconds and five and five. They have that big jump. In this situation, he had run 725 twice. And then he had that big jump to 720. So yeah. history says it's going to be hard to do, go – do a big leap like this in your first 3k of the season your legs not be might not be ready for like hey these for these 350 not for these 356 opening 1600 but hey he's two for two on world records attempts so there's really no reason <laughs> to think that he can't go three for three am i right i mean yeah. look at this i mean you look at this he's we watched this world record live with paul chalimo who's going to be in this race we'll talk about him later but check the guy was just like it's something crazy about this nn running group man check the guy breaking these world records chip choke chip coat kip chogi just having mm-hmm. that smooth stride in the marathon mm-hmm. they are just like on another level and i think i think he's not gonna break it but i wouldn't be surprised if he does i think he might end up running like 723 which is still incredible yeah, um, that would put him ahead but, of on that list. Yeah. That would put him right there, number two all time, and it would be ahead of people like Gabriel Salasi, Garouge, and and Kipchoge. And Coleman's run was an outlier, even by like an outliers perspective. And Coleman, if you don't know people watching, if you don't know, check out Daniel Coleman's career. It's pretty crazy. He never made an Olympic team and had a a short but spectacular career and put up some just insane performances. You know, he broke eight in the two mile. He's got, he was, it seemed like he was built for 
that distance. Um, tough to tell because obviously he didn't run at the Olympics, he ran at the World Championships, and did well there too. But his his career was 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 not that long, but he hit some of the highest highs. Yeah, I could see like a seven twenty two for Chepter guy. You could probably talk me into that being the the over under. What do you think about Chalimo? Because say say McSwain gets him through three k. Do you think anybody's going to be there to keep Chepter guy? company or at least provide some sort of i don't want to say pressure but some sort of company or feeling that hey i'm not just out here by myself well i did reach out to paul uh he's in ostrava right now he texted me i asked him for insight like hey what are you what are you trying to do i was hoping he's gonna be like watch out bernard legat i'm coming for you that's what i thought i was gonna <laughs> say but he didn't say right. that I can pretend he did. He just said, I will just go based off of how I feel. This race is mainly a test of my fitness heading into the Olympic trials. Um, when you're testing your fitness by going up against a guy who's trying to break the world record, <laughs> it's kind of, that's a, super daunting. But if you look at Chalimo's season so far, he hasn't really done anything that's kind of world-beating or like uh, super sexy of a race. I mean, he's he ran the 13-12 5K. And then he came mm -hmm. back two weeks later in a 1309. Both of those races, he was, I think he lost to his, oh, the first race he lost to his teammate. First, second yeah. race he won. Um, but, you know, that's indoor in March. Training's kind of different then. And I think now that we're in May, what's well, two months later, got to think he's more, he's sharper and fitter than he would have been back in March. Um, yeah, I think he's going to put down a, a decent performance. I don't know if you'll, if you'll see a American record. Um, check this out. Remember this? Put this up the, on the. Oh, this is last year. This is when last Paul year. When was doing the shot put, you got. Yeah. That was an incredible moment for, for track and field. I mean, look how big that shot is. It's, a, it's incredible. Yeah. I like the fact that he's run, the fact that he's run the, the 13 you know, low tens and then the 13 hot, you know, nines. It makes me think that his, his floor is going to be pretty high in this yeah. event. I don't think he's going to completely, you know, have a bad one, but it's just, it's not fair to anybody to say, Hey, go keep up with Joshua chapter guy when he tries to break a world record and Hey, yeah. go out in 59. Like that's, it's just going to scare people off. I think he's going to run basically low seven thirties, maybe high 720s and if he does that that's like all right you're fit and i don't see three other people in the u.s who can do that to get him fourth in the trials right i think he's kind of focused on like let's just get through these trials and then recalibrate for the olympic games um and you know look at the trials right you got lopez grant mm -hmm. fisher woody kincaid i would guess those are like the big three yeah am i missing anyone from the 5K? Those are the big three, right? I wouldn't call it a big three. Well, like the most, like... The, the top three with the best chances to make the team? Perhaps. Yeah, the, 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 his main competition. His main yeah, comp yeah. Not big three. Chalimo's in the big three. But like, there's not like... You want to put Cooper Tier in that conversation yet. Cooper Tier hasn't really proven himself at the yeah. US okay. level to like earn that, right? But like... If he goes out there and runs his low 730, 
you know, yeah. Kincaid has, I mean, I think Fisher right now, probably the, the most likely to beat Chalimo right now. Cause he's kind of put together some good races, but as long as I think Chalimo runs low seven thirties, he's going to be in that conversation with those other three and he can be able to kind of cruise through not cruise. Cause you don't want to take anything for granted, but <laughs> cruise through the trials to kind of get back at the Olympics and reset for, you know, the international Seven, competition. Maybe 731 is his, his PB. Maybe 730 is 60s. So yeah. don't let chapter guys, crazy, ambitious, audacious goals for this race obscure the fact that even if someone runs 10 seconds slower than the world record, it's still a really nice. good day. Yeah. That's still a really, 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 really good day. Um, so I'm interested to see what he's going to do. What other man? This this field, this meet is just star studded across the board. I wrote the preview where I talked about five big questions here. Another one of the questions that I had was, will Shakira Richardson get under twenty two seconds? And if so, how fast does she go? Kind of interesting stat, which makes sense when you think about it. She hasn't run overseas as a pro. She doesn't really run much overseas at all, just according to her uh, Tales to Paya page. When I looked it up, I think she'd run back in, in 27 of a Pan Am Games. So this is the first time overseas. So I wouldn't expect her you know, right out the gate to run her best time. It might take her a couple meets and she's entered in the 100 this weekend at, at Gateshead. But you can see she's got Blessing Okabari in this race, Daphne Skippers in this race. You know, 1072 obviously equates to something faster than 22 flat. Which, which is her, her PB, you start getting sub 22, you get into elite company. And then I just kept kind of, I was kind of curious. Okay, basically what could she run that would be equivalent to her 100? And these aren't exact things, but if she runs under 21.7, there's only a handful of women in history who have run that quickly, shippers being one of them. So, I think that's a possibility. I don't think necessarily she's going to, there you go, you see the all-time list there too. So there's Flojo, Marion Jones, Skippers, Audie, Thompson, and Felix. So she would be the seventh one under 21-7. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not going to put that expectation out there right now. But but 1072 obviously is a, is a, is a time that equates to quicker than a 22-second 200. Yeah, and she's run 10 7 three times, twice yeah. in a day. You got to think that she has created a a baseline that is extremely elite and you feel like even a bad race is now going to be like 22 flat. Like I feel like that's going to be a bad race for her. Mm-hmm. So like if her floor is now 22 flat she may not get to her ceiling because it is May and it is her first race after getting off the plane and her ceiling mm-hmm. might be that sub 21 seven, but I could see yeah. her kind of falling right in the middle and run like a 20, 21, eight, 21, eight, five. I'm booking it. She's running 21, eight, five. Let's <laughs> clip this. And when she runs 21, eight, five, you're welcome America. Well, we got a good question from the chat asking what the weather is going to be like. And it looks like the high tomorrow in Ostrava 
is 60 degrees with 80% chance of rain. So you got to put that caveat out there as well, too. Right, I, she's changing not my believe. prediction. <laughs> 21, 21.95. 21.95. Okay. Because of weather. I, I think anything under 22 on your first race over in Europe with the travel, with the unpredictable weather, I think anything under – if she gets a PR, I think it's a huge win. I, th I don't think she's going to leave Europe without a big performance. It may not be – this first one, it might wait for, for Saturday, but I think she's going to run – or this weekend, I think she's going to run obviously something good because that's what she's been doing. She's just been clicking off these, these sensational times, as you mentioned. Men's sprint side of things, you have pretty interesting fields, uh, 100 all the way through 400 with some big names, Karna James in the 400. 200, you have Kenny Bednarik and Fred Curley. And then Curley is also entered in the 100 where he'll go against Andre de Grasse and Justin Gatlin. Weird stat. Weird quirk here, Gordon. Did you I know? Love weird stats. Hit me. Fred Curley's 100-meter PR is only 1-100th slower than Andre de Grasse's. That's crazy. 990 to 991. DeGrasse has run a lot of wind-aided marks, ones that probably would have been better, but the weather never cooperated throughout his career. And Curly obviously just popped a big one this this spring out in Florida. So Curly, I'm interested to see what he's in the 200 because he could potentially get in the sub 10, uh, 10, 20. That should say 43 club. Look at that typo that I just put and broadcast out there. Very, very <laughs> bad job by me. I'm firing my editor, which is Gordon. It should be the 10, 20, 43 club. The only other people who have done it, Michael Norman, Wade Van Niekerk, Curly obviously has the sub 44, and he could get the – he's already got the sub 10 this year, and he get the sub 20 on Wednesday. We're going to edit this that. right now, Gordon. Can Fred Curly join the sub 10, 20, and 400 club? I mean – You don't You don't write I at think night, you're... kids. Don't write at night. It's interesting how great Fred Curley low-key is sprinting right now. Like, Fred Curley's on a mission. He, It's just, like, insane. We show this race right here on the screen. This is, I'm guessing this is his 9-9. But, like, he is very powerful. He's running well. He ran, he ran a lot of hundreds. He ran on the 4x1 a lot in college. So, like... The sprint, yeah. the the one hundred isn't really that new to him, but like clearly, him and his coach have taken a new approach to his four hundred meter training, and he's focusing a lot on the hundreds and the two hundreds to really have that speed ready to go in the four hundred. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm really excited to see when he runs a four hundred eventually to see what all these hundreds look. On, if you look mm -hmm. on the screen right now, we'll put it up. He's run 10-15, 10-11, 10-06, 10-03, 9-91. Like, he continues to get quicker. And then if you scroll down to 200, you run 20.2. I'm not sure if how many other 200s you run. You just run 120.2. And he ran 45 flat indoors, which is legit. So yeah. he clearly hasn't lost any of his 400 strength if he runs that in January. Um, I'm excited to see... I think he kind of likes that the world has put all their focus on Michael Norman. That world mm -hmm. includes us. Like whenever we think of Michael Norman, we think 
whoa, Michael Norman, we're going to see something crazy. And everyone is just like forgetting about Curly. And Curly's like, I am history. You see that tweet? He wrote that on go. May 16th, two days ago. He is prepared mm-hmm. to make history. He already knows it. Dude, I'm a big Fred Curly mm-hmm. fan. I'm becoming a big Fred Curly. I like he, – he's been able to take the situation he's in and turn it into such a positive with his running. It is incredible. He is out for blood. He's probably – I mean, he's not disrespected because everyone will always pick him to make an Olympic team or world team. Uh, but, like, in his mind, being second to Michael Norman is a disrespect. In the media's mind, we think, well, we think it's a positive because you both are a good one-two punch. But he looks at his disrespect, yeah. and he's ready to kind of – hell, he's going to run the 100, the 200, and the 400, you know, challenge Bromel, challenge Lyles, and challenge Norman. And, like, that will be the, the, called the Fred Curley triple. That's what he's going to do. He's going to do the Fred Curley triple, the 100, 200, 400. And, again, that club, just so I can reiterate it, sub 10 – Sub 20, sub 44. That's the club. I've edited the article. Hit refresh on that. Hit refresh on that, Travis. We're gonna get it. It's gonna get cleaned up. You're gonna see. I did that while Gordon was doing his 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 there, speech. there it is. 10, 20, 44. Van Niekerk and Norman Curly could be the third in that group. I am interested in that 200 as well to see Kenny Bednarik, see what he does overseas. Can he build off that momentum of that near loss to to Noah Lyles when he ran 9.94? Also, with what Laird's doing on the NCAA side of things, I want to see the response from from Bednarik as well too. All right, what else? I mean, you got against David Ababa in this race, Gordon, or in this meet. You got Mondo. You have Sam Kendricks. You have a really good steeple race. You have Jacob Kiplimo. Who else are you excited to see in this meet? Uh, Mondo, the pole vault, right? I'm excited to see that. Uh, anytime Mondo pole vaults is an exciting time. Um, one thing I'm excited about is I'm, ex- uh, Travis, you can bring up the 800 list, the men's 800. Uh, we'll bring that up. But yeah, it's always just fun to see Mondo, like, just dominate a pole vault. But the men's 800, that's the women's 800. We'll bring up the men when we get a chance. Boom. I'm like a low-key, like, huge Adam Scott fan. There's not enough people in this race, by the way. I know there's not enough people. Actually, I'm a huge Poland. I'm a huge Poland 800 slash 1500 meter, like, group. Because it's Adam Schott. And who's the other guy that they have who's really good? Marcin Lewandowski. Yeah, Lewandowski. And I realize why have I become a fan of these guys? It's because I remember back in 20... 15? I'm not sure what year it was. 14? 14 or 15. I went to the World Relays, and I happened to share a shuttle from the airport to the hotel with the Polish mid-distance group. And at the time, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh. And I kind of like that 20-minute van ride made me fall in love with Schott and Lewandowski. And and ever since then, I've been like – they're just like that low-key – they have like that Nick Simmons-esque – kind of running style where they're not out there doing the Donovan Brazier running out, going out in 48 seconds, 49 seconds, or a Timothy Cheriot going out in crazy times to the 1500, but they find a way yeah. to be in it with 200 meters to go and kick and finish in the top three. So I'm excited to see shot. And it's a long wind away. 
winded, winded way of saying, I'm excited to see Adam's shot in this 800. And you can tell that they, they care about him because he's one of the only guys who gets the lane by himself. If you look at this, if you look at <laughs> the results again, yeah, lane yeah. one has two people in it. Two has two, four, six, seven, eight. So only shot and Tuka get their own yeah. lane. Yeah. Well, and ironically enough, Tuka is Lincoln's favorite runner. When you saw him in Doha, he couldn't wait to interview yeah. Tuka. I know this was several years ago, but when you were on the shuttle with the Polish mid-distance runners, did they ask you about the United States' public health response at all? Did that come up? No. They did okay. not ask me about uh, future pandemic responses. No, they did not, Okay, unfortunately. Sure. I'm interested in Genzebi Baba, Gordon, world record holder, running the event where she holds the world record, the women's. 1500. There's one other woman in there who's broken four. That's Winnie Nanyando of Uganda. And I feel like Genzebe Dababa is moving on to longer distances because she ran that really good half last year. But there's no half in the Olympics. And she's not going to be on the marathon team. So she wants to make the Ethiopian squad. She's got to make it in the 15, 5, or the 10. But you have people like Latensa Pet Gede. You have people like Gudaf Sagai. The Ethiopian team is well. It's never easy to make, but it seems particularly hard in in 2021. She needs to show something pretty soon here. She only ran one race indoors, and she DNF'd in Tarun. And again, I I see her future in the longer distances, but that's not really compatible with a Olympic berth at this point. I guess she could go up to the the, the 10,000 and and try to take a crack there but it's just it's tough sledding for the the world record holder um post olympics i don't know i mean does she go all the way up to the marathon or does she stick in the half and stay in that little in-between zone where that we've seen some people occupy where they do 10ks and they do a lot of road racing as well and they try to make teams that way i'm not sure but 350 pb i'm curious to see what what she does here against a field that she should beat she should win this race um, if she's going to have a good track season outdoors. Yeah. I mean, if she doesn't make the Olympics, there's going to be a lot of fall marathon budgets that are going to be more than willing to yeah, to give her some dough to make her marathon debut at either London or Berlin or Chicago or New York, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we'll see how she's doing. She's not a 350, 1500-meter runner anymore. I actually saw that one live. That was fun. It was a good time. Oh, wow. Chanel Price. Chanel Price was uh doing the the rabbiting and she 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 was actually more excited than i think Dababa was after she broke the world record because yeah. price had to do like a perfect like i forget how fast she had to go out but i think she had to run like a two flat or 201 i don't know what it was maybe it was like 202 two or three but she's like perfect there's two other, yeah there's two other events i want to talk about the men's 10 which feature featured jacob kiblimo the other half of that Ugandan duo with, with Joshua Cheptegei. Hagos Gebrewet of Ethiopia was on the initial start list. It appears that he has scratched. So you can make another edit to my preview there. But Kiplimo, obviously, legit. Look up, Travis, get a, get Kiplimo's like, profile page if you can, just to see this guy's this guy's PBs are, are nuts. And I think... He's gonna obviously make an impact at the at the world scene this year, but he's got let's yeah zoom in on on this bad boy. So he ran seven twenty six. That was the same race where McSwain ran his big time as well too twelve forty eight twenty seven twenty six, and then that half marathon 
right as well like the guy has the guy has serious serious range uh he's very young 2641 on the 10k on the roads yeah he was half marathon world, world champion as well too so he's good from 3000 all the way through half marathon the other one i'm looking at the men's steeple people haven't been paying attention as much uh to that race just because there weren't many races in 2021 and but Gurma and Wale, the two Ethiopian guys, they're they're a bit under the radar. There's been this Ethiopian resurgence in the steeple, and I'm seeing now that just Wale is in there now. So looks like Gurma you know is, why, a, is a scratch. You know why uh, people aren't paying attention to the the steeple right now, right? Why is that? It's because all because all their attention's on the NCA men's five k. That's right. <laughs> People need I to know who's going to win waiting. this men's 5K, yeah. That's true. Oh, and they're all focused to see if LSU can get to 100 points in the, That's a, in the, at, at the, at the meet. But anyway, so uh, Gurma's not there, but Wale is there. It, it's just been interesting to see Kenya obviously occupied that event forever, and now you're seeing some some Ethiopian inroads. And then in the field events, Taylor versus Zango. You know what Christian Taylor does, Gordon? What does Christian Taylor do at major championships? He wins. He wins them. Yeah. Zango broke the world record <laughs> indoors. That'll be pretty exciting to see those two tangle. It'll be the first time they jump against each other since Zango broke that indoor world record. There's been a lot of, throughout Christian Taylor's career, there's been a lot of rivals that have cropped up. And for the most part, he always gets the better of them. So I, I want to watch that this year. That'll be fun. And there's always that 18-meter thing to keep track of. But it's just a good meet no, top to bottom. You know what I noticed about these start lists? Put the start list back up on the screen. No, Travis, put the start list. Uh, now scroll to the left of it. Look at the logo next to the word triple jump. They got like a picture, a silhouette of a man triple jumping, right? Yeah. And each each yeah. event has its own little silhouette of that sport. That's kind of cool. So that's a triple jump logo. See what this one is. There you go. That's 800. That looks like an 800 meter runner, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see if yeah. they look different when they go faster. A 1500, that's more of a stride. Pole mm -hmm. vault. Look at, I like this. Whoever's the designer. Uh, 100 meter, you got the blocks coming out of the blocks. I like this. And then, what's you the know, shop look like? Oh, yeah, look at the shop. He's, he's got like pants on. He looks like he has pants on. <laughs> well, it's probably just based. They probably just took a silhouette of an actual. An actual like someone yeah. throwing it to me last year. You know, people had doubts this would work well as a visual podcast, and uh, <laughs> we're—I think—we're proving them wrong here. It's just there's such an added bonus if you tune in because you can have Gordon talk about the logos on the entry list. We need to—we need to tell—we need to tell Christian Taylor that in order for people to watch him jump, they did, it's not on the World Athletics YouTube channel; that it's actually live on FlowTrack. Because if you're from America or Canada or Australia, this whole meet is live on Flow. So, um, yeah, that's a little PSA. Guys, we've been talking about a meet that you can watch on FlowTrack. So enjoy it. All the Continental Tours are live on FlowTrack, which is great. I think there's like 15 of them. It's going to be fun. So watch it live. Look at this. Look at this. we got the whole calendar yeah. right here. So that kicks off tomorrow. Boom, boom. Yeah, let's put up this. Let's put up the schedule for tomorrow. 
so, so, so people know as well when to tune in. Uh, when does it start? Get that uh, up there. Schedule. So, 17 o'clock local time in Ostrava is so through the map. I think. I think it's eleven. I think the actual first event though, live will be at eleven. I think it's eleven a.m. Central. So yeah, Central. So noon yeah. around noon Eastern time, with the women's formula hurdles, and it progresses down from there. So that one will be on Wednesday live on Flow, and then this weekend there's two other ones, and Duhar, which you can see in the United States, and then there's the the Boston. Continental Tour, which is going to be available for viewers in Australia. We're going to be, let's see, we'll be back on Friday. Friday to recap this meet and then to preview and the week. To, to preview the 1-8 matchup between the Sixers and whoever they play. And hopefully oh, yeah. the Spurs in the 1-8 matchup, right? Because the Spurs going to make it through the playing game. What what are your what are your uh, what's your confidence level of the Spurs versus Memphis in that nine ten matchup? Low. I'm Low? more confident in Joshua Cheptegei breaking the world record than I am in the Spurs winning that game. I'll tell you that. So I you're saying oh something uh, something that's never happened before, aka someone running mm -hmm. sub seven twenty, is more likely than the Spurs beating John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. I didn't say it's more likely. You say which do I feel better about? And definitely the, this guy right here on your screen. I'm I'm putting my money on this guy, Joshua Chepter guy. I just it's been a tough season for the Spurs. There's been a lot of up and downs, and it, it's a difficult adjusting to the new normal where they're the tenth best team in the West. And I don't like it. And hopefully this will be a short lived time in that part of the standings. So wait, they go. You know so East goes Tuesday, Thursday. West goes Wednesday, Friday with the play-ins. And then the playoffs yeah. start Saturday for the rest of you guys, yeah. for the rest of you A-listers out there. Okay. Hey, Kevin, <laughs> if you ever want to stop being a 10 seed and, like, start being a 1 seed, I have this whole process that you can use stop. of how to become stop. a 1 seed. Uh, yeah. My guy Sam Hinkie can kind of teach you how to get the best players in the world on one team without having to, you know mm – -hmm. You just have to lose a couple of years, and then all of a sudden you're the best team in the league. Can you take a wide shot? I just want to see where do you keep your Eastern Conference semifinalist banners in there? I don't know if Cole, our producer, is there a possible oh, to go a, a wider shot for, yeah, for Golden? I, I, I keep my Eastern. I keep my Eastern Conference semifinalist banners right next to when the Warriors had their Eastern Con Western Conference semifinals banners before they actually won. So, you know, because yeah. everyone forgets the Warriors. Won. The Warriors were eliminated in the first round the year before they won the title. And guess mm -hmm. what? The Sixers were eliminated in the first round last year, which will be the year before they win the title. It's all coming together. Hey, I got Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, the freaking GM of the 76ers, has retweeted my theory that the Sixers and the Warriors are the exact same team. I have proof on it. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter account. Travis can bring it up. See, Travis, these were bring questions. It up. These were no, don't bring it up, Travis. These were questions for Elliot Kipchoge that you could have asked that you definitely uh, did not ask, and and we're all worse because of it. Look at this. Oh Look at this. Gosh, this is just. Hey, Daryl Moore, I just want to give you a heads up. 
Hey. Yeah. Does it worry you that he should be, I don't know, GMing out there and instead he's retweeting random delusional fan comments? I mean, that would worry me. I don't know if the Warriors GM back in the day spent his time doing that, but if he did, that would worry me. So you don't have the Eastern Conference semifinalist banners up. That was a long I way don't. to say you I don't do have, have okay. I do have, though. Look, check this out. Right here. Okay, Gordon's holding up a – These are oh, – we've seen this before. Yeah, these are tickets from the 2001 NBA playoff series. This was yeah. this ticket is the one where they gave Allen Iverson the MVP trophy against Toronto mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference semifinals. I was at that game. I'm a big Eastern Conference semifinals fan. As I keep yeah, it's a big, well, listen. I was if also I was a like Sixers 10. Fan, I was also 10. That's what like, you got to hang your hat on if you're a Sixers fan. You guys don't actually win titles. You get a lot of participation trophies, so you have to – Make hey sure man, enjoy the playing game. Enjoy the playing hey, game. I, I hope it treats you well. I will. I will. When I'm looking at the, my five rings that I have, I've been, I've been telling people this because people have been hitting me up. They said it would be insane if you beat the Lakers, which is a very low chance that's going to happen. Obviously, close to one percent, zero percent. To me, as a sports fan, it would be basically be our sixth championship if we somehow knocked out the Lakers in the playoffs, and it would not matter if we lost all the rest. Uh, of the games in the playoffs, we got swept and lost by 100 points in the first round. It would not matter. That would be my sixth championship, and I would probably retire as a Spurs fan. I'd be so happy. Okay, when you retire, you can come join the Sixers. Sixers fandom. Anyway, I, mean, I just want, I want to stress out. Well, I'll just go more into track. I just don't want to stress out. I'll just watch individual sports. It's a lot more fun. We'll leave it there. Ostrava yeah. Continental Tour Wednesday live on Flow Track. Check it out. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to Travis for producing. Thanks to our special guest, Iliad Kipchoge, for joining us. We will talk to you guys on Friday.